host, Andy Donnelly. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Uh, and this week, we're joined by Saud, who's uh, our special McLaren fan for this week. Hi, Saud. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did you enjoy the race at the weekend? How Tell good is it to have racing back? The fact that we have racing back is, is phenomenal, you know, and to have such a tight finish um, in that race, even though it wasn't a McLaren tight finish, um, it was just phenomenal. You know, um, I did check my heart rate during the race and it did did spike. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should do that for races of the future, yeah. see where our heart rates are going. It's like, you know, that would be quite interesting. <laughs> I, I bet it probably spiked when Lando got the P3, and you were like, "Oh my god, we might get another podium." But, I, I did, I did tweet that um, when he got to P3, and I was like, "Oh no, have I just jinxed it?" And then I realised how how quick uh, the Bottas was in the end, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think, yeah, from my point of view, I think really solid weekend for us. Um, mm. I, I don't think I can't remember in recent history having such a good first sort of race of the season um, correct me if I'm wrong but certainly not since about 2012 have I thought you know what we've done pretty well there yeah, yeah if, I, if I had to think back quickly I'd be like Kevin Magnuson Australia podium that would yeah. be the last time I'd think of us having that good a start so uh so yeah, yeah, I think it's been brilliant. You know, we were we were cautiously optimistic after testing, weren't we? And in our last podcast, we talked about we didn't want to jinx the whole thing. We didn't want to go woohoo, everything's brilliant. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, going through the practice sessions, everything seemed to be in order. Um, and and yeah, I think it was a great foundation race. Good start. Good points. Yeah, I, I think certainly in the practice sessions, did uh, was it? Did Lando get a P two in one of them? Yeah, so I think it was. I think it was. I think it was FP two, wasn't it? He got yeah. P two. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that, that was. I think. Did we set that on soft tires? Um, yeah, I think we did. So, but you know, any, anyway, it was. It, you know, we looked strong. We certainly looked strong, and um, you know, I had I had hopes. I was kind of thinking, well, you know, if things go our way, we could get a podium. But let's just get, you know, what we want double points really don't we that's what we want to start the season with some double points and get into you know get, you know not have a zero on the board after the first race um because of any mechanicals or anything else like that you know it can, it can quite easily and go wrong and that's the thing that worried me we hadn't had any breakdowns at testing so you start thinking oh god is it going to happen in the first race instead you know what we saw happening to Checo on the grid very easily could have been us in my mind ahead of this race. So I was so glad that um, that I think everything went smoothly. It feels like a banker race. We banked, we banked some good points. We've had a good race. Yeah, it's in the bag. Let's move forward. Yeah, and, and likewise, uh, Alonso having a sandwich or Chris Packard or something in his brakes. Um, yeah, he shouldn't really be eating while he's driving during the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> he's, at, he's been slacking on the sofa for the last two years. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's have a quick chat about quali. So, Sad, um, what did you think of quali then? When sort of um... so, um, if I'm honest, I was very surprised with um, a couple of the names that dropped out at certain stages of of the rate of the qualifying session. 
Um, and at one point, I did think that Daniel wasn't going to make it into Q3 because I'd missed that he had his lap deleted. Am I correct? Um, yep. I, I looked at the screen and I was like, I'm fairly certain he was in the top 10. And then I realised like he was coming past at the end and he managed to squeeze it in. Um, but to be honest, um, we couldn't really be disappointed with sixth and seventh. Um, I mean, in my head, I was thinking maybe we could get the top four. Um, but seeing how quick Gasly was, um, and I didn't really expect uh, Leclerc to be that far up the grid. I mean, we, I thought he might be just slightly ahead, but I didn't expect him to put such a good time. So sixth and seventh was was a really good outcome, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sorry, Andy, I'm going to talk over you on the podcast. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with you there, Sad. I think that's 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 a very good um, way to think about it. You know, when we dare to dream, we often hope that we're going to come out, uh, you know, all, like, I'd have loved a brawn weekend of, of qualifying yeah. where we'd, we'd, have, we'd have gone out and gone on top. But, but let's be realistic, having come from the Honda years, um, sixth and seventh is is sound. It's brilliant. It's steady, and 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 it was a really good place to be. And I, I talked to Andy about this yesterday, but we saw a lot of a lot of negative comments, didn't we, Andy, on Twitter that that we didn't really like. Yeah, especially especially around qualifying. Certainly, people were, you know, if we if we use the the word disappointed in inverted commas, um, I can kind of understand. That, but you know, you've got to be realistic. You've got to have a, a a realistic look at where we've come from. 2017 in Bahrain, um, we we got one car into Q2. That was, and that was like a celebration back then. We were like, yeah, we're making progress, you know. But certainly, um, yeah, to to you know, to be comfortably into sort of Q1. Um, barring obviously Dan's lap that got deleted, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about track limits later on because it seems to be a hot topic. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, getting into the, the sort of the qualifying and stuff, we've got to really sort of understand where we've come from and where we're at. And also think about it. We've got a brand new driver in the car, right? He probably doesn't know what those buttons mean. And some of the other bits and pieces, you know, he's probably please, thinking. Please, Daniel this... Ricardo, please don't be listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that that one that says pit. He might not know what it means. Who knows? You know, <laughs> but certainly, um, you know, he's got to get comfortable with the car. He's got to find his own way through. He certainly, you know, when he joined Renault, it took him a couple of races to get used to stuff, and then he just excelled from this. He's. I think Dan's going to get a lot, kind of a lot more solid, a lot more consistent and sort of get people to run for the money. But I also think that, um, go on, Sarah, go for it. I was just going to say, I, I, I read some quotes from Lando and I'm sure you guys have read this as well. He said, people expected us to be heroes and, but that was never our expectation. So first of all, Lando, if you ever listen to the podcast, you're always going to be my hero. Anyone that gets in a car is a hero. Um, but but the team themselves were not expecting us to be second, first, third. They knew where we were going to be. And that's the important thing, the correlation, the fact that we're, we're getting to exactly where they expect us to. So, so yeah, I was, I was a bit sad. I saw a few, a few sort of harsh comments on Twitter about, oh, I thought we were going to do better than that. Mm, come on, team. And you think, yeah, come on, team. We're doing really well, you know. Get, it, get behind the team. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw anything like that sound um, kicking around on Twitter. Do you know what? I always hear about from other people uh, negative comments, but I, I honestly, I just don't see them. I just only, I suppose, because I, I only interact with, you know, the, the people that, you know, support the team, you know, to the max. So I don't really see that. So um, no, 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 Sam. We don't support Max. That's a different team. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Can we edit this? <laughs> sorry, it was too obvious. I had to do it. So I, I don't blame you. I fell straight in that trap there. <laughs> no, Welcome to the uh, Max Verstappen fans podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have got his colours in the back. Think, I think if you if you follow the right people, then you might not see that. Yeah. I follow a, a huge width of people, um, people yeah. that support other teams as well. But yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It was one of those things where I thought we'd actually done really well. So why are people moaning? So, but as as Andy said, you got to look look at it as a as a bigger picture. You know, just six years mm. ago, look how bad we were. Um, yes. And then and then the thing is, I I still remember I would watch every race like as if we were going to win, but I couldn't care that we were going to be you know fifty five. 55 rows back uh in inverted commas um but i would just love seeing that mclaren on track you know we had two world champions back then and for them to drag the car at the back of the field you know if they're doing it then why can't we support a team and show them you know the the, the levels of support and respect that that they deserve and you know it's now paying dividends so to speak and you know that the trajectory is only going to go up yeah yeah totally agree with that sentiment completely uh, let's get on to the race then. So, um, yeah, uh, a, a good race, a good start. Uh, safety car came out. I thought Lando's start was excellent. Um, you know, I, obviously, to to get into a comfortable fourth, and it was kind of crucial to be ahead just after the safety car. Um, but certainly, I thought Lando's start was, was brilliant. I, it wasn't really picked up too much on the coverage about how much of a good start he made. Um, yeah, I guess because they were concentrating on the uh, the fight at the front between uh, Max and, and Lewis and stuff. But, you know, certainly um, that was one of the things that really quite impressed me. And I thought Lando had probably, for me, one of his most solid and consistent races that I've ever seen him have. I think so. And um, he did go to the Skypad with Karun and go through those, both the starts, the first start and then the restart. Um, and he seemed pretty satisfied himself with that, which is always a good sign because we know Lando can be really hard on himself, don't we? <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the uh, the race start then? I tell you what, the best the best view to see how good the boat, I mean, Daniel had a good start as well. If you look at um, Fernando Alonso's, he's uploaded a video of his his start from, you know, just above the helmet. And you can actually see for the first, you know, six or seven corners, how well Lando got off the line. And it was yeah. phenomenal. And um, <clears throat> I think um, it was mentioned a couple of times on commentary how, you know, the drivers had spoken before about not getting too close to each other without, you know, just be careful. But we saw that last year, they both respected each other um, in their in their in their close wheel to wheel battle and and I tell you what if you I don't know if you remember what, seeing I think the things turn nine the left hander that goes onto the second um, or the third um, kind of I suppose the back straight the short back straight um, how tight Daniel turned to give uh, Lando the space on the outside it was just you know I had every confidence that they were gonna you know keep each other safe but 
you know, considering Daniel's foot, as you said, the first race, new engine, um, he got off the line pretty well. Uh, and it's just a, you know, a great foundation to, I know for a fact that he's going to do so much better um, in terms of um, picking up his performances and, and actually pulling Lando with him as well. No, I think, yeah. I think you know, Dan's, Dan's full of confidence, but no one wants to muck it up on their first race with their new team, do they? Oh, mind you, one driver did. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not yeah. here to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> this this podcast is definitely a Mazepin-free zone. Let's oh, not talk about him. He said the word. Mazepin. <laughs> yeah. Do we, yeah, so... do we have the ability to beep that out, Andy? Um, I, I'll have to. I'll have to sort of consult Google how to edit that later. Yeah, he should. Um, he should not be named. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So really good start um, through this sort of safety car, and then really kind of the race sort of went how you would kind of expect it from there. Um, there was some great battles in the midfield. Um, there was at one point I think there was Lando was uh, battling with uh, Charles Leclerc. And yeah. uh, we, we we got to see that on screen. And um, yeah, it was, you know, certainly uh, I think it was through turn one, two and three and up to four where they were battling with each other for position. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that was really quite entertaining. I, I, I thought it was one of the best Bahrain races that I've watched since, um, do they call it the duel in the desert when Rosberg and Lewis were, yeah. So yeah. I thought it was one of the best ones since there. Um, yeah, and certainly, um, yeah, you know, kind of looking at the race itself and strategy-wise and everything else like that, um, you kind of, you know, I don't think we could have done anything different tyre-wise or anything else like that uh, this weekend. I think we were kind of triggered into a bit of an earlier stop than we wanted to. Um, yep. I think it was that for Lando, I think it was, yeah. Um, yep. Um, but I think we had to cover that off. Um, yep. you, you saw the power of the the undercut um, uh, from, uh, was it from was it Lewis or Max? I can't remember what, anyway. There was, you know, a couple of seconds ahead if you got out and got a good lap with some fresh tyres. So, uh, yeah, I think we certainly did. Uh, well, on the, stri- the strategy side of things, um, what was your thoughts on the race overall, then, Saud? Um, so, I think it's certain, certainly set up to be a cracker for this year. Um, I think, from a neutral perspective, um, that's all you can really ask for, uh, and it's just going to go ebb and flow, ebb and flow. But from a selfish McLaren perspective, I just hope that we get that much closer to the top two and break away from that midfield. I do have every confidence to do that they will do because if you if you look at it we've got a so to speak a Renault sash, a chassis I can never say that um, <laughs> with a Merck engine and for us to incorporate that and still I suppose be the I suppose even pip the third to be the third fastest team you know it gives me great confidence by you know mid of the season we can really push ahead from that midfield um, but then at the same time you've also got to juggle um you know what they're going to do with the resource for next year, and and whether they they, they pour in um, their, their their development for the rest of the year on this year. So, um, but in terms of the race, it was I think it went like you said as well as it could. Lando, I think um, 
I don't think I've seen him drive not just the race. I think all weekend he was on top form. Um, and I, if I'm honest, I didn't expect him to to be at this level this this quickly. Um, but you know, he's taken us all by surprise, and uh, I suppose in a good way, not 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 necessarily in a bad way. And I think it's just only going to help Daniel to to settle in that much quicker. Um, and then when Daniel does get to that level, I think they'll push each other even more. Um, so I think this is going to work out. Um, you know, a fantastic pairing um, for the rest of the year. So, yeah, Daniel, he had a solid race. You know, obviously he said it himself. It wasn't perfect. Um, good good, um, good knowledge as well for him in the car. I think it's the first time he's ever done that many laps in, in, a, in a row for the McLaren. Um, so, yeah, uh, good signs ahead. What, what about you, Sarah? What are yeah, your thoughts? I suppose my... My biggest shock for me was, especially during quali and, and then during the race, was, was seeing Ferrari up there. Because I'd read a lot of the the, the journalist follow-ons from testing and I'd looked at everyone that knows this stuff better than me. <laughs> um, I'd looked at the orders that they'd put the teams in and Ferrari were a lot lower down. So it's, it was a surprise to me to see them jump up. It was almost a surprise to me. I'm thinking, how have all these experts missed this? Because they were saying Ferrari wasn't going to be this good. Um, and I thought we were going to be sort of solid third place and that, that maybe the Alpha Tauris were going to be our, our biggest competitor. Um, I'd already decided that I didn't think Alpine looked that good, although some people had. Um, so, yeah, so, so from my point of view now, I'm, I'm kind of I'm not sure whether we're fighting Ferrari. I mean, you know, obviously I, I kept looking at where Carlos was during the race because we've still got this affinity with Carlos from last year. And I'm like, oh, we were ahead of Carlos. I wonder if he's noticed that. Um, a slight sideway here, but I did quite like Lando's little wave to him. I thought that was quite <laughs> nice. The, the Lando wave will be... Uh, Apparently he waved at four drivers over the weekend. Nicholas Latifi, yeah, uh, was one of them. And there's another couple as he See, was passing just being, them. Just being friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, but yeah, you know, um, that's that's my concern for us is is not how good we are. Is probably are they sneaking up on us and they're now our competition to be in that third place spot? I think so. I mean, like traditionally, you'd always expect Ferrari to be up there and be strong. Um, you know, they did have a dog of a car last year, so oh, yeah. I, I I just don't think they were going to make that same mistake again. So I'm I'm not that surprised to see them up there. I'm more surprised to see them up there that quickly, if that makes sense, um, yep. given what we saw in testing. So I don't know, maybe they've hidden something. Maybe they were sandbagging. Who knows? Um, you know, as everyone always says, you never know until the first race where everybody lies quite properly. Um, That's true. And I think we get a better indication at Bahrain than we do when we go to Australia normally because of the type of track. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think certainly... There will be uh, tracks that suit us and then tracks that suit Ferrari and things like that. I do think that the Alfa Tories look really strong. Um, what about what about you, Saud? Who do you think are going to be our sort of competition then? I think, I think long term it's definitely going to be Ferrari, seeing on what we saw today. I don't know whether Alfa Tauri could match us development-wise throughout the year. The year. Um, but I, ha- I don't know about you, but I had this really great nostalgic feeling when you know Lando was fighting Leclerc, Ferrari versus McLaren, 
you know, the good old 2000s and early ni- late 90s years. Yeah. Um, and to see Lando make that pass, it just brought back memories of, you know, Mika Hakkinen versus, versus Michael. Um, but it's a shame that those two teams aren't really fighting at the top. Um, but you might never know one day, might get up there and, and we might um, pit them to that top spot. But yeah, I definitely had that nostalgic feeling at the weekend when I saw yeah. the, the two cars together. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, at some point, we can see an overtake like Mick Hackman did in Spa. <laughs> that would be quite interesting for one of them. That would be nice. nice. Yeah. Um, the only the only one thing I'm going to pick up on from the race was pit stops. Now, I, I probably people are sick of me banging on about pit stops, but <laughs> three point nine seconds and three point four. Now. It's, I don't think they cost us that much at the weekend. I think that you know, but certainly in some races, pit stops that long are going to cost us. And it's worrying because it's not just ones off; it's it's a trend. It's they don't seem to be hit. You know, even a two point nine, I'd be like, yes, we're getting there. Let's consistently get in those twos. Um, I know we're not going to get like a one point nine or a two second like Red Bull get. Uh, you know, even Williams or something like that. But let's let's get them better. It, you know, I'm I'm a little bit worried that it's been overlooked somewhere in the whole strategy of things. We we, we need to write to Zach on Andy's behalf and just just give him a little. Uh, yeah. can, can we have a, a pit stop hotline for Andy Donnelly? Yeah, welcome think, to I pit stop right. anxiety corner. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're right, Andy. But let me play devil's advocate, and I'm going to Go put another this to you and this is this is the view that Andy Robinson shared with me over the weekend hello Andy um and and I said to him oh pit stops are a bit slow again and he said to me yeah but I'd rather they took three and a half seconds and all four wheels are on the car and we safely move away than we do a Bottas and we have a problem with a pit stop and it ends up taking 10 seconds and I had to agree with that because we weren't one second off a podium if we were, if we'd been one second off the podium, we'd have been moaning about those pit stops. So that's that's me playing devil's advocate. So feel free to come back on that, guys. But I'm just putting that out there. It's a safe pit stop, no risk almost. Uh, it'd be interesting if, uh, um, yeah, if, if if there's any analysis from the team on those, uh, which you know, you never know. Uh, what about you, Sarah? What's your what's your take on pit stops, since Sarah? Uh, um, me I'm and Sarah on the opposite sides here. We're, you know, you get the casting vote here. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to go with I'm going to go with Sarah on this one. Oh. I'd rather have a, a safe. Oh. I'd rather have a safe. I would. I don't want to risk a, a 10, 20 second pit stop. You know, um, you could lose. You could literally lose a race in that in that moment. You know, if you're pitting yeah. in lap ten, your race is gone by then. Um, so I'm I'm definitely for one for as long as it's safe. Uh, and then there's something you can build on. And I'm, and I'm sure they're, they're, they're working hard to, to improve the, the speed of, of their pit stops, you know. So I'm sure we'll see a, a sub 2.5. Yeah. Right. Well, when we get a sub 2.5, we might even have a giveaway on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be there so you excited. <laughs> we'll do, when we get a 2.5 pit stop, we will get, we'll give away a McLaren's fan cast mug from our merchandise. How does that sound? Ooh. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Very there's nice. a few oh. there's a few there. Yeah. 
You, this isn't a video podcast, so this is hurting us. But um, well, no, but, I'll take but, a photo now. For the record, for the record, yeah. everyone apart from Andy has a podcast mug. <laughs> I have ordered one, and I have ordered a sweatshirt, but they've just not arrived yet. So there you go. Um, right, let's start with talking about the big talking point of the weekend. But actually, before I get onto that, I want to just make a, a, a stat that I heard. So we've got eighteen points. Which is very good, good haul. Yep. But I heard this is the sixth consecutive race that we've double pointed in. That is the consistency that we want, isn't it? That is what yeah. we want to be hearing. Um, you know, if we could haul eighteen points for the next six races each race, I think we'd be in a really good position. Yep, I agree. I agree. I think those six races in a row, we it was good double points as well. It wasn't just the lower end of those point scales as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think we could kind of go on from this race without touching on track limits a little bit. And it's been debated to death over Twitter and everywhere else. So what I kind of want is a quick yes or no answer. Should they have had the track limits... Should track limits be within the white lines of the racing track? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Right. You yeah. should not go. You should not go all four <clears throat> wheels off track and gain an advantage. Yeah. End so, so you're quite happy with two wheels on the track. Yep. And, and yeah, I, I think that's fine. I think keep the two wheels on the track all the time within those. And yeah, I just think. Yeah, Sunday just got a little bit ridiculous with them changing it kind of halfway through, or at least maybe stamping their authority on the directive a little bit firmer partway through. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you wanna if you wanna see what people really think about this, uh, look at some of the replies that Sam Collins is getting on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing very well to try and explain it to Sam everybody, has isn't he? stated the facts and the regulations. A lot of people aren't agreeing with him. They're saying, oh, yeah, but Lewis did this and then Max did that. And, yes, there's a lot of variables in there. But the question that you've just asked us, Andy, is the right one. Should people be able to go out of the lines and go off the limits? The answer is no. If we followed that, there would be no ambiguity. The ambiguity only comes in with, where, oh, we're going to overlook this bit. And we'll overlook that bit, but we'll only enforce this corner. And he like, well, and, and Martin Brundle has strong views on this as well. He always says track limits should be track limits. So, yeah. And they wouldn't yeah. be out there unless they were gaining an advantage. That's what he exactly. says as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you agree with that, Sal? I agree. I mean, it's no different to, for example, if you break the speed limit on the pit lane. It's 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 black and white. You know, it's, it's yep. it, there is nothing more to it. So. You know, there's a line there for a reason. If anything goes past, if all four wheels go past that, then it's out of bounds. Simple as. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, that kind of covers us for the race. So let's have a quick chat with Sam and just have a chat about, um, you know, how long have you been into F1, into racing, a McLaren fan? Um, you know, give us a little bit sort of insight into your world of, F1, please. Oh, I think we might. And have at, just that, lost him. at that moment, he's frozen. Yeah. 
we're going to have to make up the details ourselves, Andy. Right. I've got a, a frozen a frozen image of, of Saud with a McLaren flag in the background and a very nice collection of hats. Um, but unfortunately, he seems to have frozen. Yeah. Well, let's see if he comes back in. Um, yes, definitely. He'll probably come yeah. back in a second. Um, um, but this gives us a, a good time to actually mention that um, thank you to everybody out there who's bought some merchandise. It helps yes. us a lot. Um, it goes towards the running cost of the podcast. Um, and anything that we've got left over, what we're going to do is just buy some goodies to give away to you guys in the future and go yep. from there. So um, once again, thank you. We'll put a link up on Twitter of where you can buy stuff from if you want a bit more. Um, obviously, the mugs have been popular, as have the coasters. Um, and we're adding a few other bits and pieces in the next week or two, uh, including hoodies and um, a few other bits. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you are listening to us and you're not on, uh, not following us on Twitter, it's at McLaren Fancast. And that's good because just at that point in time, Saud has come back to us. So let's, uh, let's join back with Saud and have a chat with him give before him, we... Give him a second to come back online yes. and, and seamlessly... Hello no, no, again. We, we kept on talking because we're true professionals at this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, we're over to you. Over to you. What were we talking about? Yeah, so we're just going to have a bit of a chat with you about how you got into sort of Formula One. Yeah. Um, how you became a McLaren fan. Um, you know, what your favourite McLaren memories are and things like that. Um, yeah, so go. Yeah, so uh, 97 Australian Grand Prix was the first race I ever watched. Um, was that at Adelaide? My, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, was it Adelaide? It was, uh, no, it was um, Melbourne. Right, okay. Melbourne, yeah. So um, it was the first year of the, the New West livery. Um, my uncle was, was, was a, a passionate Michael fan and a Ferrari fan. So he said to me to watch out for that red car. Um, and I think, and obviously, um, I, I end up following the red car, but it was DC who won in the McLaren that, that year uh, in the first race. And, and I thought, you know what, let's be a glory supporter and support McLaren. Um, <laughs> So if somebody and, else had won, you would have been following yeah, them. <laughs> absolutely, but luckily it was McLaren. So, um, yeah, so that was that was my first memory, and I, and I actually do remember it quite well. And I think it's a mixture of watching the highlights, you know, um, as you go older versus you know what your experience was back then. So, I supported McLaren ever since then, and um, you know, my I have so many like you know, memories that stick out of of being a fan. You know, ninety eight, ninety nine was was just phenomenal. Um, getting to know only not only the sport but the team, but then obviously um, with Mika winning the championship both years, it was um, uh, it was a feeling that I couldn't really describe, and I'm sure a lot of other McLaren fans probably felt the same as well. Um, and the the speed that he had and he showed during those two years against Michael, uh, and we touched upon it earlier with his move at Spa, was just breathtaking. You know, I, I still watch it now. Um, and, and think how did he even possibly pull that one off without you know anyone getting hurt um, you know so uh, it then progressed so when he left in 2001 you know I, I genuinely felt that um, and then when they replaced him with with Kimi it was you know 
a, a one flying fin for, to, to another, so to speak. Um, and he just took the team onto another level with you know him coming up on board at up to speed with DC in 2003, nearly getting the nearly uh, Pippin Michael in the championship. Um, and you know 2005 was uh, again another heartbreaking year. I thought we should have definitely won that year. We had such a phenomenal car. Um, I actually went and saw my first race that year in Turkey. Oh um, well. Yeah, so I think that was the first Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, so Kimi put that on pole, uh, and the atmosphere was phenomenal. I mean, it wasn't absolutely packed to the rafters, but it was as a, I think it was 15, 15, yeah, to just listen to the to the to the, the V10s back then were absolutely impressive. Like we had to have air defenders; it was that loud. Wow, um, that'd be great. And it was. I wish we could go back in those times again, you know. And we were sat right opposite the McLaren garage as well. So um, on the on the main straight, so it was a phenomenal weekend that, and I can see why a lot of the drivers like the circuit. It's just got so many you know challenges on that on that track, um, and and it's, and it's certainly one of my favourites purely because I think I saw Kimi winning the McLaren um, on that track. But um, yeah, so many memories. You know, then fast forward to two thousand eight. Do you have any pictures of when you were at that race or anything like that, or program or anything? Because it'd be I've quite cool to sort of share them on Twitter. Yeah, so I've got, um, I've still got the programs uh, and the tickets from from I think race day. Oh, that'd um, be great to see them. Yeah. Yeah, so I've still got them, and I've got I think a program. I, I dug it out from my mum's loft about six months ago, uh, in between lockdowns, and um, I did tweet it. I think at that time I'll, I'll try and dig it up again. So it'll be, uh, it'll be it's always good to look back in the memories. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal race. And then, yeah, like I said, fast forward to 2008, I will still remember the moment, you know, when, when you hear those famous words, is that, is that Glock? Um, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was at university and I was in the, the big common room and there was probably about a hundred people just jumping up as soon as they saw Hamilton drive past. And, and it, it's, it's, it's just, ah, oh, even look, I'd get goosebumps talking about it um, as, as, a, as a McLaren fan. So, yeah, um, you know, we've got such, we've had such high moments. You know, we've not had a world title since 1998, but it feels like only yesterday that we, you know, we won a, sorry, not 2008, sorry, um, but constructors since 98. Uh, but it only feels like yesterday that we had that success, you know, but, you know, we've been supporting this team for 24 years, but it doesn't feel like 24 years. It's, it feels like, you know, family, so to speak. Right. Well, great to have you on. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. We will be back after the Amelia Romangi Grand Prix in Imola in three weeks' time uh, with another guest. Uh, once again, thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you very thank much, you. Sarah. And uh, thank you. yeah, uh, to all those McLaren fans out there listening, thank you for listening.